All right, hello and welcome to The Conjecturing, a horror-ish podcast. With me, we got Laura. Hello. And we got Graves. <laughs> little, Hi, this is Graves. A little, little callback there. Greg, sorry, Greg. And I'm your host, Rob. Um, so how's everybody doing right now? Doing really well. Thank you, Rob. <laughs> Thanks for having hey, us on this it podcast. Could, it could be better if I had something in my cup, but I don't. Okay, let me get to that. Let me get to that. Okay, Laura. So uh, let's get to the segment. Uh, what's in the cups tonight? Laura, uh, you're first. Nothing, but I'm about to put some really yummy red wine in my cup. So. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so what's a. Uh, it's just red wine? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay, all right, all right. I think um, it's a cab blend. It's mm-hmm. really yummy. Okay, and I'm drinking uh, Jack and Coke tonight, going off the Dr. Pepper for a little bit. Uh, so Jack and Coke, Greg, what are you drinking? Uh, I have developed a very particular affinity towards screwdrivers, so I am pouring myself that as we speak. Ooh. We're going to hear the full pour here. Oh, that was delicious. Yeah, somebody, somebody has to go to the bathroom now, but okay. All right. Um, <laughs> so, uh, so for, first, uh, we want to do a couple of listeners emailed in with our um, intro to horror uh, question we put out there to you guys. So we're gonna have uh, Laura read a couple of those uh, for you right now. Yeah. So we just picked the first three we got. We got quite a few. Um, so our first one is from Allison M. She's from Walnut Creek. And she said her intro to horror was when she was about nine years old. She went and saw Carrie um, with her mom. And she said that uh, the hand popping out at the end just really scared her. And she definitely had to sleep with her mom for a while after that. So we feel you, Allison. Um, Our second story, oh, this one's great, is uh, David T. from Livermore. He said one of his first intro to horror movies was watching Arachnophobia. And although it wasn't great, he still checks his shoes. Mm, that's oh, a really good one. That's a really so good, good one. I really, so I really, I forgot about that movie. Yeah. It, it should have been on my list, but uh, yeah, maybe maybe next round it'll be on there. I remember yeah. for like the month after I watched that movie when I was very, very small, every time I reached underneath like a lampshade to pull the thing, Ooh, I would have to, you yeah. have to double check. Right. I think that's a, a sign of an effective horror movie when it causes yeah. you to do that after you've already seen that mm-hmm. totally good yeah. yeah thanks david yes thank you david and the last one is from an anonymous we're going to call them mr and mrs x and they said the movie with the babysitter quote have you checked the children and then they said that was chilling and i believe that was from the movie when a stranger calls but yes, uh, very. I was gonna say I don't know what movie that's from. Yeah, well, they just said the babysitter movie, but that's one of Stranger Calls. So. Oh okay. Yeah, yeah pretty mm-hmm. good. Good answers, you guys. Yeah, good answers. Good, good answers. Classics. Yeah, yeah. Um, so you guys are still welcome to you know send us some more emails for intros. Um, you can hit us up at conjecturingpod at Gmail, or you can hit us up on Twitter or Instagram at conjecturingpod. Yeah, just keep sending us intros. Like I said in the first episode, they're very important for this podcast and what we think about different things. And yeah, so we'd love to hear more from you guys. Um, so now we're just going to get into the movie we were talking about, the reveal of the movie we're going to talk about this week. This is a movie that Laura picked. This was this is actually the first movie in uh, choosing what movie we're going to watch. We did The Visit originally just because that's the movie that kind of started the pod. And now we're to the point where each one of us are choosing the movie we're going to review mm-hmm. each week. So this is Laura's choice. Uh, and can so- I just say, I'm sorry. 
<laughs> so, uh, so Laura, what did you choose? What movie? I chose Funny Games. Naomi yes. Watts, mm-hmm. Tim Roth. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, why? <laughs> why? Yeah, yeah I want to know why you chose this movie. Um, okay, so I have actually, I've seen this movie quite a few times. The first couple times were years ago. And I just remember thinking like, wow, this movie is like pretty scary. And it's, it's very intense and very nonstop. And it had like a really good independent feel. Uh, feel. I'm not sure if it was an independent film, actually. I think sure. or- originally it was when he first yes. released it. Yes. So in this movie is a shot by shot remake um, from its original, which is also really interesting. We should talk about that because it's literally line for line. Not only line for line, but they have all the decorations, like the home decorations oh. and like their outfits. Everything lines up, which is pretty unsuccessful usually. So that's. That's crazy to me. Was but it, who made the original? Was there a it's movie? the same same director? Same director. Was it the same both? director? Michael yeah. Hanik? Michael Hanik? Yeah. Was it Australian? Or is it he's made the same movie. He made, he made because sh- the first one was it. Austrian. It was filmed Austrian. in Austria. Mm-hmm. And oh. uh um he wanted to make an American oh, remake. That's cool. Well, but not remake. It's the same movie because he thought it was very important mm-hmm. that Americans see this film. Oh, cool. For the reasons why we'll discuss later. Let's see if we but, disagree. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I chose this movie because I just thought this was one of the most, like, sorry, fucked up movies I've ever seen. Um, it, it definitely made me feel all the feels when I saw it the first few times. Um, I, I will say now, having to rewatch it, since I've had a child um, was almost to the point where I wanted to turn it off. So mm-hmm. I, I apologize now because I definitely didn't feel that strongly about it when I saw it the first few times originally. But yeah, I just think this movie is really rough and deep and there's a lot of, you know, much deeper meaning to it. So that's why I chose it so that we can really dive in and talk about it. Oh, great. And uh, I, I never saw this movie. Greg, did you ever see this one? Mm-mm. So both me and Greg, you know, watched this movie for the first time. So we kind of went in with a clean slate where Laura, like she said, had seen it before. She, she had an opinion. I mean, why she chose it, of course. Um, so before we get into the actual movie itself, I wanted to ask you guys a question. Something we're going to kind of do on a couple of the episodes, like a, you know, a, a silly question that kind of pertains to something in the movie. So I, the question I want to ask you guys is, okay, so it's more of a like scenario, I guess you can call it. Mm-hmm. Um, so you have to pick one childhood game. It could be a board game or other, you know, um, to adapt and torture someone with. What oh, game, what well. game are you picking and why? Oh. Okay, go ahead. Mm-hmm. Do you have something that just I pops already, in your head? I do. Mm-hmm. And there's a game, the, the game that already tortures me is fucking Monopoly. Oh, that, I would, I would torture people that. with that game because it never ends. <laughs> you just keep playing it and there's no point to it. <laughs> huh? Done. I, I, love the, I love that game though. I you love, love Monopoly? Yeah. Yeah. I like getting boardwalk okay, and it, park plays. That's the thing. And... If you're on the winning side of yeah. Monopoly and you monopolize. I like cheese, so. Uh-huh. Okay, I make sure I'm the banker every time. No, I just kinda, oh the the kinda, banker, yeah, quote I kinda, unquote. Like, slip myself no. a couple, a couple free parking, yeah, a couple hundos, you know, under the table. You guys, I haven't played Monopoly since I was like 11 years old. Really? Yeah. Good. Wow. I know. I I've never had an interest to go back. Look, to side it. side question: What piece do you like being in Monopoly? Um, the hat. Just the hat by itself. Why? The hat. <laughs> so when, when you place it on the <laughs> table, it doesn't get knocked over that easily. <laughs> Oh Spoken from a true engineer. Come on, this is great. <laughs> oh. you, you, you can move it, and then um, I don't know. It just feels very balanced to me. It's very simple, hmm. very unassuming. 
And um, I don't know, like, there's the cannon that pissed me off because it always tipped over. There's the car. Everybody wants to be the car. Uh, I thought it was, the car was very pretentious. Um, <laughs> you know, there's something about the hat that was very, mm-hmm. I don't think it's like very me. Interesting. What about you, Laura? What, uh, no, what, uh, what piece do you like being a Monopoly? I don't even remember what the pieces are. Was there the a horse? I don't remember. Yeah. No, there was a little dog. It was a oh, little the dog. Uh, the yes, like a I sharpe definitely or oh, the yeah. dog. The dog? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like a schnauzer. Yeah, it was I, a schnauzer. That's right. I like taking the thimble <laughs> and then I put the hat on the thimble and it's like a little man. <laughs> I actually remember. <laughs> I remember. Put the Lego out of it or what? Kind yeah. Of, yeah. It, it was, was like smart. a little, little man. You know, that's what I would always do. That's yeah, cool. I, I remember playing it with my cousins when we were all little, and we actually would all fight over like who got what. And I think since I'm the youngest in my family, I would get the thimble, and I would just be so pissed. Like this is the shittiest one. It is. It what really is. The thimble? Is. It's like the most boring piece. Yeah. It's like having a button. That's exactly. why I would torture people with it because it's like, mm-hmm. first of all, the pieces are boring except the hat, and then the game never. If you're on the like the, the losing side of that game, mm-hmm. you are already tortured for. Two hours. Well, have you have you guys ever finished Monopoly? Yeah, yeah. I said it, I it took hours. Well, it's like yeah. where you mortgage off. It, it's it's the most horrible game. Mm-hmm. That's my pick. Yeah, I like yeah. being the the banker loan guy. That's like, oh, I'll give you cash for your property. <laughs> you know, then I flip that bitch. You know, <laughs> oh, mm-hmm. put a couple of hotels yeah. on it. And I'm a mogul. Mm-hmm. Oh, I love it. If you're the banker, yeah, for sure. It's good. yeah. Okay, so do you have the answer to the original question, Laura? Of what uh. What childhood, like oh, a board game or whatever, would you adapt for something? I do, but I don't feel like my answers are, are that original. I, I have mm-hmm. two that, like, I can't decide between. The first one, which I feel like is makes the most sense for torture, is the game of Operation. Uh-huh. I mean, uh-huh. come on. That is, that's medical torture. And mm-hmm. actually, I have um, a, a true, like, disgust, and I don't have a high tolerance for watching horror movies that revolve around any kind of like medical scenario which is actually why i know we keep talking about this every episode why i don't want to watch human centipede (laughs) it plays into that piece as well like Mm -hmm. i just i'm not about that but also and obviously there are already movies based off of this is clue i mean that Mm -hmm. and and yes the clue movie is all of our i I think we all love that movie right it's not a horror movie movie. we love it but imagine if they did remake it and made it into like a true horror movie really dark that would be Mm -hmm. amazing Mm -hmm. so not very original but those are good answers. You I know, just I can't. Monopoly, like now I feel like an idiot. Why? Monopoly <laughs> sucks. Greg's, Greg's it thing was just you. like I want to use Monopoly because it's like, man, just I got I got things to do. I don't got time. You know. <laughs> At least you didn't say like shoots and ladders. Could have mm-hmm. been worse. Yeah. Oh man, you ruined mine. <laughs> no, I'm joking. <laughs> what, what was yours? Uh, mine I came up with. I thought it was funny. Would be Twister, mm. but the caveat would be you need to only play with your exes. And that's how it like works. Ex, ex, ex boyfriends ex, and girlfriends, lovers, whatever you want to put it. And so, like, I feel like Twister is kind of a provocative game if you're it's playing kind of in that yeah. setting, like you're touching each other. And how stuff is like that, that torture? I, I don't. Well, I feel. Oh, I feel like if you're with your exes, I mean, I'm not ones that you I ended just... ended well. <laughs> ones that you did not want to see again, and ones that you're like, oh shit, like what the hell's going on? Yeah, like, at some point, like you're like, I don't know. All up in each other's business, I guess. Yeah, I just so, think yeah. more it's more just inappropriate. Like I don't I'm not gonna play with you, but it wouldn't be it wouldn't be torture. I don't know. It's better than Monopoly. <laughs> <laughs> no, Monopoly's the worst. <laughs> it's good. It's creative, Rob. I like it, it is very creative. <laughs> yeah. I agree. 
How dare you guys ruin my my perfect joke? Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember what my other one was. I had two. Candyland. No, I'm just no. Mm. Oh man, I can't remember what it was. I deleted it. I thought this one was gonna kill so much. I mean, I like I like this. That one's good. That is really good. I also think a lot of games. <laughs> no, I think a lot of games work though, like the game of life. Game of Risk. Oh, my my original was Life. Yeah, my original, like that's already yeah, torturous. My right? my yeah, my other thought was Life, but it'd be reverse engineered to where you start with kids and a home, and then they're taken from you. <gasps> and that no. would be torture. Dang. Dang. I went there. That really that's actually, hard. I feel like ties into funny games. It's oh, very this is rough. Man. Oh man, changing my answer. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> All right, so that's that's the question that we were going to do this week. Uh, like I said, you know, it's just like a goofy question I thought of. Kind of pertains to the movie a bit. You know, they play really weird games uh, in this movie, um, so we can get into the actual movie now. So pretty much we're back to Laura, really, because she picked this movie. So we're doing funny games, of course. Laura, do you want to do a synopsis of this one again? Sure. Um, so synopsis is there is this upper middle class family. Um, they are on their way to their vacation home that they seems like they frequent quite a bit. It's on a lake. Um, it's like a private gated community. Um, you can only really get to other people's houses if you're right next door or if you actually take a boat to their house. So it's that kind of situation that I'm almost like envisioning like the Hamptons or something like that. Anyway, uh, yeah, just this family, mother, father and son. And as soon as they pull in, they wave at some friends and they notice they're acting kind of strange. And they're with these two young men who are dressed in like their golf vest all in white. And they're like, okay, that's silly, whatever. And then they get into their house and they're getting everything ready. And the two young men come over to borrow some eggs. And then that's when the game. The fucking eggs. The fucking (laughs) eggs. Jesus Christ. I feel like you're mm-hmm. really good at doing synopses. Oh, you thank just you. Do all the synopses from now on. Right. Okay, I want to hear yeah. Greg's synopsis. No, I, I don't, because we'll be here until <laughs> 4 a.m. <laughs> um, yeah, so that's pretty much yeah, what the movie's about. Um, this movie, interestingly, like I said, we talked about it as a shot for shot remake of the 1997 film. This one, surprisingly, we you know we did the visit last uh, episode, which what we said costs five million to make. Mm-hmm. This costs fifteen million. Really? Yeah, it's really interesting. I feel like what in it was fifteen million dollars? Did they buy the house? Did well, they buy that house in the Hamptons or wherever it was? Wait a second. Oh, you think Naomi, Naomi Watts, Watts oh, was yeah. a well-known actress as well as Tim Roth. She, Naomi Watts got paid $14 million for this movie. Yeah, I mean, she... <laughs> which, wrong. by the way, can I just say, Naomi Watts, like, what is her deal? She only does fucked up movies, you guys. The Ring? Mm-hmm. She's the main girl in The Ring. King right. Kong? Mm-hmm. King Kong? <laughs> uh, she was in that disaster movie about the... Uh, do you know... Oh, I can't remember what it was called. Yeah, Tomorrow? No. Disaster? Um, the one with the tsunami. Sharknado? Where like her whole family gets separated in the tsunami and it's based off a true story and it's oh, wow. it's awful. Mm-hmm. You guys haven't seen it? Nah. Yeah, she like only does really fucked up movies, man. Didn't she direct this one or she did something? <laughs> we've, we've, we've said multiple times that this the same director directed this. It's a shot for shot <laughs> remake, Greg. Oh, okay. Never mind. But I know what you're talking no, about. No, she has directed something. No, you know, in the opening credits of this movie, I because we all just rewatched it, mm-hmm. I thought she had 
Um, we produce. She's a producer. Oh, she's a producer. Yeah. 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 Okay. yeah. She's a producer. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, she's mm-hmm. she's very talented. Yeah. Yeah. I just thought it was interesting that it cost three times as much as the visit. Yeah. I think it was the. I think it was because yeah. in the visit, as we've talked about, uh, everyone was like an unknown yeah. actor, yeah. right? Nobody's. Like mm-hmm. the kids, the grandparents. Yeah. I mean, well, I guess they had what? What's her name? Catherine Hahn. Yeah. She's mm-hmm. she's like yeah. a B B plus. Two months of I mean, he had done rather. Reservoir Dogs. And, Tim Roth yeah, is in all of the uh, Tarantino movies, I feel like. Yeah. Right? yeah. He's in quite a bit. And then Naomi Watts. So, I mean, yeah, there, yeah. there's your budget. Naomi, Naomi Watts is definitely the main person. She's like the actress. Mm-hmm. Tim Roth is usually a secondary ca- character, you know? But, but the and, setting is, is pretty much back and forth. You're like basically going from. The setting is like a Long Island lake house, mm-hmm. and it's like an upscale community. But not many people around, so it's yeah, it is interesting to see like that yeah. was the budget. Um, so. Interesting fact here, I I looked up uh, when I was watching this movie was the the tall kid Paul. Yeah. The tall kid, his name is Michael Pitt. Mm-hmm. I I thought he looked familiar. You oh, know? he's he's definitely so, been in stuff too. I've so seen him in stuff. I know him from Boardwalk Empire. Yes. Yeah, he's the one that sleeps Empire. with his mom. Yeah, yeah. And I watch this movie, and I'm like, he looks so familiar. <laughs> He yeah, also was um, in, um, yeah, he's been. He was in the village. Oh, really? No yeah, way. I, I, it was a small character, I think, but I thought it was interesting that he was in the village. Yeah. I played uh, day cheaters or something like that. Yeah. Wow. You think or Flint and Coin. Job in this movie? Huh? Yes. I thought he was really good in this movie. He's really good. I was the best. You know, to be honest with you, I like him so much in Boardwalk Empire, even though he's, you know, what he did. You can't even say it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I can't even say it. But once I realized it was him, oh my god, I like him. Yeah. I like him. So it was, um, you know, I was kind of rooting for the bad guys, but um, so we'll get into that. We'll get into that. Well, though. yeah, we will get into that. Yeah, there's um, they kind of meant for you. Well, yeah. yeah. So this one cost, like I said, fifteen million. It only made eight, but it definitely lost its ass. Yeah, you know, not a lot of people went to see it. Maybe this is more of a cult following. Yes. Uh, once it got released on, you know, video mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Right. This one, similar to the visit we did, is almost right down the middle in ratings. Mm-hmm. You know, Rotten Tomatoes audience score is fifty four percent, critics score is fifty two percent. So really, right there with you either you either once it loved it or hated it, but you either liked it or disliked it. You know. I have so um, much to say though. Like yeah. I know, I I know why. Mm-hmm. Well, that's why we're here to talk about that. I mean, so, uh, so let's get into you know something. Let's let's do something a little reverse than I did last time. Instead of doing a couple of the critic reviews, mm-hmm. let's uh, let's get into a little bit of the movie because I think the reviews talk about it. So I think I better do that. So let's do Laura. You definitely need to go first because this was your pick. Yeah. So, um, what do you do you think rewatching this movie? I mean, when when did you state when you originally watched so this movie? So. When did this movie come out? So I think I watched it in 2009. It had like just come come on. Really? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So I I think I watched it in 2009 because I remember the apartment I was in where I watched it, and it was actually one of the first movies I watched by myself at night in the dark. And I remember mm. thinking at the time like this is really fucked up, but I also was a little bit proud of myself for getting through it. Um, rewatching it, which was your question. It was so rough. I made my husband watch it with me. You know, he's been enjoying doing this homework for this podcast, watching these movies. We both were so uncomfortable and just like, this is really brutal. Uh, I feel sick. I don't even know if I can get through this. And I'll tell you, that is why the reviews are so bad. 
because people are like, I, this is so rough. I, I can't watch this. But anyway, so I, I already explained why I picked this movie. I really enjoy this movie because it, there's nothing to enjoy about it. And that's rare. There's a lot of horror movies out there and someone wins, like a good guy wins in the end. Or, you know, there, there's something that makes the audience cheer. You're a spectator and you're rooting for the good guys or who you feel are the good guys. And the thing with this movie is that nothing goes well for these people. Like literally every situation could go one way or the other. It always goes bad. And then obviously, spoiler warning, the one time you think someone does something good and she kills, she, you think that the, the mom, Naomi Watts, kills one of the bad guys, they break the fourth wall and they rewind it. And since I've rewatched it, looking into what the director was like trying to achieve, which I didn't really understand this the first time. I, I, to some degree, understood that he was really trying to like torture us for liking horror movies. But then once I really read about what he was trying to achieve, it, it was trying to punish the audience for like wanting to watch violence in media. Yeah, he's, he's mm. stated that, um, that the film is a reflection and criticism of violence used in the media. Yes, exactly. So um, obviously they break the fourth wall a lot from the get-go. Like in the very beginning, Paul turns to the camera and is like, well, what do you think? And like, and which is very personal because obviously we're all spectators, every horror movie we see, but to have someone break that fourth wall and actually like refer to you and ask you a question that almost makes you a witness to what you're seeing, which makes it worse, you know? Um, yeah. And just, just the fact, I think this was one of the first movies I saw where, like I said, it just ended in such tragedy and there was just nothing. It was just so horrible. There was nothing about it that felt good, but I also thought it was just so well made. And I was like, you know what? I haven't ever seen anything like this before. So therefore, even though I hate it, I love it. And I can't tell you why other than those reasons. Okay. This is going to be another podcast where me and and Laura are going to yell at each other. (laughs) Because I'm at the opposite spectrum. I thought this was garbage. I really didn't like this movie. And not for what you're saying. Not for how brutal it is mm-hmm. am I, I i'm i'm supposed to be the one on this podcast that is like afraid to watch these movies yeah i don't know how but i felt very desensitized in this movie really like, i feel like no, nothing got to me like nothing what not even what? not even the kids stuff i was just like i was like yeah like i said i don't know if it's because right away i like <gasps> that i like Greg I and like, I like <laughs> oh my god i don't know if it's the fact that, like I said from the beginning, right when I saw that one kid from Boardwalk Empire, which I really liked, I was like, oh, I like this guy. Well, and you and watched it, it during the day at breakfast. I think you said you watched true. it at breakfast. That's time. true. I was going to tell everybody nice. how I watched these movies. So this one I watched, uh, yeah, during breakfast, I was eating eggs. Um, nice. Then, you know, like, daylight out, anything yeah, like that, you know. It wasn't like, it, it wasn't, it's not like a scary movie anyway. So More you, suspense. So mm-hmm. is it fair to ask, did you want them to die? So. Here, you were okay, rooting so, for them? So my thing about this movie, it's weird because, I, like I stated in the very first episode we did, the way I look at things now is very, as a filmmaking point of view, okay. I, I dissect things a lot like that instead of just like as the movie itself. Mm-hmm. So there was things in this movie that it did that I was just upset about. Mm-hmm. You know, the first time he talks to the camera, I thought it was cool. And I thought it was interesting and, and, and different. And I'm like, that's cool. I like that. I like yeah. that. The part, 
I'll be honest with you. The part where they rewound, that's when I'm like, fuck this shit. When they did that, I was like, that's fucking bullshit. That, I think that's see, bullshit. That's what the director wanted. That is exactly what he wanted. He wanted you to be like, well, fuck. Mm-hmm. And that's why so many people were like, fuck this movie. Mm-hmm. You know what? You didn't have control over it mm-hmm. at all. You don't have control over it to begin with. But this mm-hmm. was just him being like, oh, you thought it was going to go this way? Mm-hmm. Fuck you. But that's the thing. It's crazy, though, because I like twists and movies. So I don't know why this one part was just like, it's fucking stupid. I have a big thing in movies, and it's something they talk about in filmmaking and movie making and even storytelling, that once you establish the parameters of what you're making saying like this is a real world situation Mm -hmm. if you break those rules you started with it's like what's the fuck is the point yeah but they started breaking that like by the fourth fourth wall wall break yeah let me let me when i was watching the movie so when we're watching this we are we all decided that we agreed to take take notes right so when i was watching it i came up with one two three four Five times where I thought they sort of broke that fourth wall, right? Let me just oh, yeah. let me just mm-hmm. uh, recap it first. Mm-hmm. The first one was when so for people may, who may or ha- haven't seen it or haven't seen it in a long time, these kids basically sort of uh, very politely and uh, subtly invade the home of this couple and their kid in an attempt to torture them. So the first one was when they kill their dog. Mm-hmm. You don't ever see it happen, but you find out that it happens. They beat the 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 dog with a golf club. So the first time was when I noticed that uh, I think Paul and Peter were the names of the of the two guys. They had a couple were... different name changes, mm-hmm. which m- makes you think are Paul and Peter even their real names? I know that's the one thing's the most, but probably not. Yeah. Right. By the way, that's also something that's interesting. Paul yeah. and Peter obviously biblical references, right? right? And then so, they do mm-hmm. Tom and Jerry as well. They, they mean, see Tom and Jerry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, sorry. oh. Yeah. yeah. So. When that's happening, Naomi watches it kind of like looking back and forth. They play hot and cold. Mm. She's looking for her dog and he'll say, oh, you're hot. Oh, you're cold. If you're getting closer. Then he turns at the camera and like winks at the camera. Mm. I thought, oh, that, I didn't even pick. I didn't even. I, I probably was writing a note or something at that point because yeah. I don't remember that part. Yeah, that was the first time I thought, oh, mm. was, mm. did he just wink at the camera? Mm. That was the first time. Mm. Yeah. The second time was when obviously where he sets up the, the rest of the night where he proposes the bet. Mm-hmm. He says that, oh, I bet you that this family will not last the night. They're going to be dead before 9 a.m. tomorrow morning. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What do you think? And then he would say, he would look at the camera and say, you're on their side, aren't yes. you? You know? And, and I was, was like, cool with that. I liked that. That was cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was kind of like the second time. Mm-hmm. The third time was when they get to a point where he plays this game with Naomi Watts, his character, and he says, how do you want your husband to die? You have to choose whether it's like a knife or a gun. And then she kind of has they put duct tape over her mouth and then he says it's boring when you suffer we want to entertain our audience right show them what we can do yeah. well who's the audience it's like obviously the viewers mm-hmm. and then he kind of like glances at the camera mm-hmm. that's the third time the fourth time was when he looks at the camera and then he says you think it's enough you want a real ending right with plausible mm-hmm. plot development don't you mm-hmm. the bet is still on mm-hmm. so he's clearly like fucking with us right like, mm-hmm. and like, he's the only one even his sidekick doesn't yeah he interact is, with he's us the only way. one that's kind of like he looks at he's pulling the zach morris basically and looking at us and involving us as like the viewers and then <laughs> for me the last time was obviously the remote control thing mm-hmm. yeah so mm-hmm. then you did you, you checked out after the third one or what yeah there like i said you know there's there's a thing you know like i said there, there's the one thing about you know once you set up parameters and, this, and i'll give it to you that yeah if they're 
I missed a lot of those, like you're talking about, that they broke. I only really saw the one when they break the fourth wall, you know? So mm. I didn't see those other ones, I guess, you know? So maybe that's, I'll give it to them. But there's yeah. another thing, too, that is a, like a psychological way of thinking and storytelling, too, is that when you go into a movie, ultimately you want the hero to win. You want the family to live. Right. You do. You want that. And usually the way you feel at the end justifies how it happens or how it ends. If the hero wins, you feel good. You feel satisfied because you've been watching this movie and you have this you know, view of what you want it to be and you got what you wanted. Exactly. You know, the journey could be torture. It could be whatever right. you want, but you, you're happy at the end because that happened. Yeah. So when you don't get it at the end, you feel dissatisfied. Bad. Exactly. You feel bad. Exactly. And I, I yeah, I just, to me, yeah, I just. Ex this is exactly what I'm saying. I, I know. This is why people yeah. don't like it, but you mm -hmm. need to understand that this is incredible <laughs> that they achieved this. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like what, truly, which horror movies mm -hmm. can you list that don't end with like someone mm -hmm. winning or someone getting through right. like, or like, some, some like hope throughout the movie. Well, look, I was talking to my wife about this one and my example to this was the movie saw. Right. Well, saw, well, very saw, similar, very similar. Yep. Saw ends with, yeah, the guy does not live. You know, there's that twist at the end, but for some reason that movie, I felt satisfied at the end for some reason it's different than this movie. I don't know if the journey was better, the story was better, something was better, but this one I just felt, to be honest with you, what I wrote down at the very end was, yeah. this movie is one big troll. Yes! Yes! You're being trolled for the whole movie. That's what I thought. That was yes. what they were trying to do. And that's, and that's fine. And that's fine if, I guess if that's, but I still don't understand, like, how that, you know, his statement of saying that, you know, this film was a reflection of criticism and violence used in media. How is that? Wait, explain how it go through like what happened. Basically. Yeah. So, so pretty much. Yeah. So like this, the remote control scene, I think is the big part where I'm like, screw this movie. Um, so Naomi, Naomi Watts goes and grabs the gun and shoots the, what do they call him? Pudgy or Porgy or something like that. The, the other guy. Yeah. The other guy shoots him. And at that point, I'm like, yes, you know, like one of these guys needs to die. See, you you're know? mad because no, no, no. you were tricked. I oh. know, I'm not, I'm not. <laughs> that's oh. fine, that's fine. Okay, so then, you know, yeah, so then the Paul kid, the tall kid grabs the remote <laughs> and re rewinds it. And he like, literally it, rewinds literally the rewinds it. Movie, the you know? scene that you just watched. Yeah, like it's the movie Click with Adam Sandler, you know, yeah. it's fine, you know, um, which I probably would like better. And then, um, yeah, and then they pretty much replay the same exact scene, and he stops her this time so the kid doesn't die. The other, the other assailant doesn't die, you know. And then they go through the whole spiel, and you know, the husband and the kid are dead or whatever. And they get to the very end, and they're in the water, and they're on the boat. They're talking to each other, and some stupid thing about black holes or whatever. And then the one kid asks the other kid, you know, oh, what time is it? eight o'clock so they still have an hour left she has an hour left to live and he just pushes her off the boat and then she supposedly you know dies in the water you know and it's just like whatever you know mm -hmm. and i just thought like i get the whole thing of like yeah you're you're turning it you're on its head torturing us so you think that's what it is you're torturing the viewer we are torturing the viewers with this movie we're mm -hmm. doing everything that tortures mm -hmm. you mm -hmm. and it's that which makes me be like wow that is incredible and it's not even fourth wall stuff, you guys. Like, there are mm -hmm. other parts of the movie that don't 
quote unquote break the fourth wall. Like, mm-hmm. what about when they leave? He says, I don't know if you caught it. Maybe. He says very quickly and very quietly that they leave the house because they're like, we got to give them a fair chance to try to win, right? That's why oh, they see, leave the house. And the two <laughs> parents have just suffered mm-hmm. the loss of their child being oh, yeah, brutally we murdered. That yet well, that was one thing I thought was interesting too, or, or different. I think I wrote it down on here that, uh, oh, I put, uh, so I wrote down, uh, re- uh, you know, because I was going to put the, you know, what are your scariest moments? And I put reveal of the kid and dad being killed. And I'm like, wait, dad, not dead. Because I, I thought when they did that. You didn't know. They did that shot. Dead. I thought they were both dead. And I was like, and I thought I remember the guy saying like, oh, when you do the counting, you're supposed to only kill the one person you pick. So I thought like he killed the other two. That's what I thought. So well, I was like, oh, okay. that was great because that scene was so quiet. And mm-hmm. it's like, what just happened? No, I, that, I mean, definitely, I mean, uh, I'll say it right now, that was probably my favorite scene in the whole movie. Ugh, not the part the where they, no, 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 not, not the part where they, they kill the kid, but the, the scene where the parents are like just sitting there. Yes. And I thought it was so interesting the amount of time they just let them sit yes. there. Because especially, I mean, you're talking about horror movies that are just boom, 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 boom. You need to go. You need to move. Things are happening. This is happening. And just to be like literally almost like five minutes of no sound, just like them sitting there, like holding each other. That makes you so uncomfortable. That was like my favorite scene. That was my favorite scene because I was like, wow, like that was a really good yeah. scene. And that was a cool choice. It's just something that I wouldn't see in a normal movie, especially one, a horror movie. Yeah. Um, so I really, like I said, like that scene, whatever you want to call it, as like a film perspective. I yeah. really like that scene. I also, not to jump in, but I appreciate, we've talked about this before, that you know he was like making a sandwich when the kid got killed. And I think we've said this before. It's like when it's up to your imagination, that's so much worse. So it's almost more horrifying watching yeah. him just be in there making a sandwich, hearing the gun go off and being like, da, 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 I'm just making a sandwich because I'm hungry. And it's just like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Yeah, he didn't even really care until he went back to the room. Mm-hmm. And then even then he didn't care. He was just like, oh, hey. You why did you do person, that? Yeah. Or, or why did you do that so quickly? Like, yeah. we still have time. We're supposed to stretch it out. You know, it's a game. Yeah, another uh, note I wrote on here was, uh, I definitely could tell that you, I mean, said so you know it's a remake of, of a 1997 film. I think more of an independent <laughs> film, I would call it. It's definitely shot art house. Yeah, and I, that's probably sure. because it was more independent. When it, he did a remake, he did a, he's doing a shot for shot remake, mm-hmm. which is something he did in 1997, probably as an independent. So that's why looking at it now, it's shot like that. Whether it's like a close up of the eggs or a tire, and that's just, that's very art house way of filming. And it wasn't an American film. Yeah, which is different. Yeah, yeah. So I thought that was. That was pretty interesting, you know. I definitely in the opening credits, just the music kicking in, that oh. like, you know, that whatever. It just gets. I feel like that is uh, such a good example. Of uh, how I, it gets I literally ready. just wrote down, "What the fuck? Like, yeah. what the fuck yeah, is going on?" That so, it's foreshadowing, right? So yeah. The beginning yeah. of the movie starts out. The the uh, Tim Roth and Naomi Watts. They are in their car with their kid, tr- on their way to their lake house, having a grand old chill time. They they're playing. Playing a game. The they are playing a game. They're playing classical music and they're seeing which one can name the classical mm-hmm. um, composer of this song. It's super cheesy. It's super dumb. But you're almost lulled into this like boring state of like, oh, it's this mm-hmm. type of couple. And then out of freaking nowhere, it plays this like wild, insane music. Like I like hardcore mm-hmm. 
like music. I'll even listen to metal, but metal. it was yeah, like it wasn't yeah. even it was like beyond mm-hmm. metal. It was just it's like screams, screams, and yeah. the beats were mm-hmm. off, and it was just like noise making. Mm-hmm. And then like the opening uh, title yeah. came up, "Funny Games," mm-hmm. and that was very shocking. That that so that's what you were yeah. Talking about. As somebody that's never seen it before. I was kind of like, what the fuck? Like, what is up with this music? You know, like, yeah, definitely at the end, you're like, oh, okay, that makes sense, you know? But it was just very like, what the heck? You know, um, another funny point I thought was when the dog is barking at the guy. And I wrote, just wrote down, animals always know what's up. <laughs> every every movie, the animals are always like, they, they know ahead of time what's going to happen. Yeah. You know, I just thought it was funny. Yeah. Man, dogs always die first in all these freaking movies. Like, yeah. come on, man. However, even though dogs always die first, I bet none of us thought that that kid was going to die first. I mean, that was just freaking shocking. Yeah. It's just rough. Yeah, like, yeah, most most movies, definitely the kid lives, you know, uh, yeah. and especially first. You uh, know? I was I like, know. holy crap. So know? now these parents have to fight to stay alive, but they are dealing with the grief of losing their sons. That's completely. the thing. It's like, in, oh. in, in my mind, so I had a similar experience to you guys when that scene hit. It's like, I feel like, so the, all three of us have little toddlers, right, as, as kids. I feel like across the board, whether you're talking about movies, whether you're talking about news, current events, whatever it is, kids are sacred. Mm-hmm. Don't don't screw with them, right? They they are like the one thing that's kind of like untouchable. Mm-hmm. Well, they ought to be. So in this movie, when they decided to like kill that kid in a very brutal fashion right off the bat, my reaction was the same. Like I thought, screw this, I'm turning this off. That was my gut reaction. Obviously, yes. we, we all sat through it, um, and I found additional value in the movie. But my gut reaction was that like. This needs to stop. Yeah. Like, I can't watch this anymore. Do you guys think if there wasn't a kid in this movie, you would view it differently? If it was just, you know, home invasion with just the two, you know, people, a man and a woman? There's no kid? Uh, Yes, I do. The the kid part really was something that... Mm -hmm. Okay. It changed. So, Mm -hmm. I I thought when you said, you put in your notes, this movie is one big troll. Like, that was... That's, like, verbatim what I thought. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And, like, there's... I think I'm like split on the fence between both of your guys' opinions on that. Like, I think it's one big troll. And I think on one hand, you know, it could have maybe, so he's obviously trying to, so I I didn't know about all this stuff, this history that you're saying that he, what was the reason why he presented it this way? Why did you say? So the, the director's whole point is to punish us as viewers for like enjoying violence in media, right? Oh, okay. and so for basically saying basically saying like and, and then by breaking the fourth wall he's bringing us closer to the plot by saying you're not just a spectator like you're a witness at this point like which makes it more exactly we're more personal on this right now but as much as we like to see this violent you know violence in the media or whatever by watching horror movies he is then punishing us in a way where we're watching this horror movie and we're like no no, this is terrible. I don't want to see this. And like this whole time, you just have this feeling like, fuck, this is just terrible. Nothing good is happening. And then, you know, tricks us with that one rewind scene thinking, okay, finally, something sort of good is going to happen. And then take, you know, takes it away quickly. And I think that's why the ending is so quick. Because it's just like, you guys should know by now that this is how it's going to end. And like, 
we're we're not fucking around here. So. so so what you're saying when you say punishment, you you're saying that his thinking behind the movie is and breaking that that fourth wall and addressing the audience directly is like to say, oh, you want to see gore? I'll show you gore. How do you feel about that? Exactly. That, and no. he does it without actually showing a whole lot of gore. No, I think which is inc- I think I th- as much as I it's hard to watch this movie. That's like incredible. I think right? what, I think what she is yes. saying and like what the director was saying is that he's going to torture you by not giving you what you want, not giving you Which what, what you what? want Which is what is for the killers to die or the heroes to live. I but, think that is what. But he also says that he's punishing you for enjoying the violence. Therefore, he gives you a taste of your own medicine by mm-hmm. giving you the violence. But you're like, but wait, I only like violence to this degree, and I still want the good guys to win. And we mm-hmm. don't get that in this mm-hmm. film. So it sounds like so from both of your perspectives, it sounds like. He has two grand assumptions. The first assumption is that we want to see gore and we want to see violence. The second assumption is that we want to see that play out and see the the antagonists mm-hmm. like get it and die. Yeah. Right. So for the first one, I actually don't necessarily agree with that. I, I think we talked about it in our first episode. Are we the type of people who just want to see blood and gore for no reason? No, no, no. no. And I, don't, I think maybe there's a small segment of people who, who like that and get off on it, but I don't think it represents a large amount of people, right? So I actually don't know if that's a, a proper assumption for him to to base his the premise of this movie on. The second one of like, well, you want the bad guys to to eat it big time. So what? That's that's cool. Like, don't you want justice? I think justice is a is a is a fine um, outcome in a movie. If you see if you have um, an enemy, if you have a threat torturing a family, you want to see them get shot and die. Well. That's justice to me. I don't see what's necessarily wrong with that. Like, so you're saying that he created this setup to torture us and make us feel bad and troll us for wanting to see the violence. Mm-hmm. And he makes it a point to not show the gore, but still make this completely unwatchable movie. I mean, it's like, it's unwatchable. It's so rough, but yeah. it's all assuming and you, you see very minimal gore. Yeah, that's It's right. just, I, I think for me, it's just like you guys watching this was rough I, I like I said I almost turned it off like I have a young daughter it really messed me up watching it again but I just respect what was achieved in this film and I think he set out for these goals and he he did it what, what do you mean in your mind what was like what message did you receive like hey I'm gonna make you watch a scary movie that you claim you love to see uh-huh. and I'm gonna fuck you up and nothing good is going to come from it. And you're going to have to sit with that as a spectator. Yeah, it's true. Like, I can only, in my mind, I can only think of two movies that are from front to back, just go in a downhill direction and never get good. And obviously, not to bring in other movies to this episode, but Requiem for a Dream is one oh of those in my, my mind. Oh my God, yes. And another one is called The House of Sand and Fog, which is like... Oh, I've never seen that. That's another one. So movies like that, you, you go wow, what is the point of that? If, if the good guy never wins or if you, from the start of the movie to the end, you just feel bad, what is the point? Like, you know, I understand that. I Now I would put this as the third movie that I've seen. Yeah. And if I'm going to sit through that, I want to I wanna understand the, the point of it. Yeah. Like, I think I sit, again, I sit in the middle of your guys' opinions. On one hand, I, I kind of felt that, what you're talking about. I felt like I was being trolled the whole time, like I was being like reprimanded for being a, a viewer of this. It was almost like every time, those five or six times that he like looked at the camera and 
kind of winked or whatever, it was almost like he was saying, you're enjoying this, aren't you? Mm-hmm. You know, but then at the same time, I thought that, so in, in our uh, couple, last episode or two episodes ago, we talked about why we like horror. And it's not just because, oh, well, we want to get off on the no. violence and the gore. There's a lot of different reasons, like as we clearly stated. For one, me, I like to be able to experience like the vicarious nature of our survival. I want to understand like, you know, like the emotional shift between negative and positive, you know, emotions, especially when it comes to us uh, living and and fighting off negative feelings and threats. Mm -hmm. So it's not just, it almost seems like in the end, my opinion of the movie was I could appreciate what he was doing, but I didn't like it because I thought it was a cheap way of trying to state that lesson. And then, and again, I thought he didn't pay enough attention to, at, at, the end, at the end of the movie, you have the two guys, after they push Naomi Watts into the water, she dies. Then they start having kind of a vague, random conversation about the material world and the anti-material world and how, you know, when we're watching a movie, is it, it's fictional, but to what degree is it real? They started talking about that, but then they trailed off and they didn't actually talk about it. I thought that was the juice. I wanted to know, yeah. that's like the philosophy of why we're watching mm-hmm. this. And I was like, okay, I got closer to the TV. I want to hear more about what he thinks about, you know, movies and, and partaking in this and how much we're involved in it. But then he stopped. And I thought, oh, well, you wasted so much time on the shallow part of, of horror movies and you didn't dig into the, the meat of like, you know, the, the importance of it. But I'm, I'm going to keep pushing back on you guys. You think it's cheap. You think it's trolling, but you guys felt uncomfortable and unhappy. And that was the point you're, you're forgetting that. Like you're like, Oh, that was cheap because I don't feel the way I wanted to feel. You need to think about how you felt when this movie ended and be like, well, fuck. Like, and we've talked about this before. Horror is supposed to take us out of our little bubbles and make us feel these feelings that we're not used to feeling and that we don't feel on a day-to-day basis. Mm-hmm. And this movie did that. It definitely made me feel anger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was definitely it made angry. me feel just sad and bummed and disgusted. I, and like On that perspective, though, I never felt remorse at all for anybody. Well, then you're not a human. I no. Don't tell you. In fact, you know <laughs> no. what? At one point during their conversations... Mm-hmm. They're talking about the emptiness of humanity. Who was? And like, I feel they talk about that mm-hmm. on the boat. There's a and you, know, it, you just you have to really pay attention mm-hmm. to like the small lines here and there. You know, like what was the point of the movie then? Was it about that? The, was the last scene kind of their way of summing up why he did this? So clearly, the movie was not about. It's called Funny Games. Throughout, it was not the, funny. It was not funny. <laughs> they played some game. Like why? What was the point of the movie? The visit should be called funny game. Yeah, that's more oh, funny yeah. than this. Um, no, just uh, something I want. I want to kind of say is, uh, like I said, the the I kind of want to explain how I can kind of reason not having any remorse for any of the characters in it. Once you establish in a movie or a story that it's not real, it's not real. It's not real. This isn't this isn't a real event that's happening. This is this is cl- clearly a movie. And is clearly a writer, and he wants to make a point. Then none of it matters. Yeah, it doesn't matter. There's no real stakes because even in the movie itself, it because when it's breaking the fourth wall, it makes you think not of the actual events that are taking place are real. I'm doing air quotes. You guys can't see, but it makes you think of all this other stuff. And I'll give him credit for all the other stuff. You know, yeah. I don't think it's going to change my perspective. 
But once you break that wall of things, then none of it matters. If it's a soul movie and you take all the fourth wall stuff out, then you need to take it as like, this is fact. This happened. This is real. Whether it's crazy or not, this is supposed to be a real thing that happened. And if it's real, then I will feel remorseful because it really happened to somebody. But when you break the fourth wall, it, you realize yourself, this isn't real. As much as that sounds stupid to be like, I know I'm in a movie theater and I know it's not real. You have to have some form of watching something and have believability. Yeah. And if that's removed, then I, it's hard for me to feel for people I know are clearly not real. You are literally saying in a different way what the two <laughs> boys are talking mm-hmm. about on the vote at the end. Oh, then, What is real? Mm-hmm. What is mm-hmm fake what is Mm -hmm. film and media Mm -hmm. what it like oh Mm -hmm. this is your reality well it's their Mm -hmm. fiction that is literally what they're talking about you are and europe i'm I'm but listen Mm -hmm. you're explaining Mm -hmm. this to me right now Mm -hmm. and you're upset about it Mm -hmm. but the two characters in this film say these things different words used exact same point so clearly this is what i'm saying people who give this movie a bad review they're not they're not tying this together. You're literally saying mm-hmm. what these boys were saying, yet you're still mm-hmm. mad. I can't I can't separate it. And that's exactly yeah. what they're mm-hmm. saying. Mm-hmm. Oh, hey, this could just be our fiction. So they mm-hmm. have no remorse about killing people. Okay. I mean, All it's right. you just have mm-hmm. to you have to look at it. I can't. It, it's it's a it's deep. I know. It's I deep, can't. but then it also doesn't give you the satisfaction of explaining everything to mm-hmm. you so easily. And yeah. you have to not only sit with how uncomfortable and unhappy you are, but you have to mm-hmm. dive into like what they say and be like, wow. Okay. Yeah. You know what? I have to admit that this tied into the film. And yeah. Cause, cause even you breaking it down for me and explaining, I think way better than I thought of actually like what his thought process was. Yeah. It makes, it makes all the sense. I get it. I totally get it, but I cannot separate it from what I thought of this, of viewing it. I can't separate. I can't even tell you right Ready now. For your mind to be blown. Either can oh. they, and that's why they go killing people. Oh, oh. man, dang! I'm gonna have to go to the Hamptons now. <laughs> I, I mean, we're like, Air, Laura, do you got any eggs? <laughs> no, I don't. In any uh, in any movie that we watch, I think there's always like the, the very first premise that we're hit with is I'm gonna tell you a story, and you're gonna suspend your belief, whatever mm-hmm. you think about it. So that's always kind of like the baseline. Right. Everything you walk into the movie theater, you're like, ah, you sit down, you kind of sit in your chair, you start to eat your popcorn and you get immersed in the movie. And even though it's, it doesn't matter what you watch, if it's crazy, uh, if it makes no sense, if it's a completely different world that's based on magic, whatever it is, you suspend your belief. And you. And so I agree with what Rob is saying. They started the movie off and it wasn't until like maybe 20, 30 minutes in when he looked at the camera. And then so right. for the first 20 minutes, you thought you're watching a story that's presented to you mm-hmm. that you kind of have to like immerse yourself in and believe that this is happening. But then the moment that they turn from you, it kind of like breaks that. So this is like, you know, in our last episode, we were talking about the visit when, uh, when you feel like the people that you're watching on the screen are suddenly like in a shot and they're acting toward each other. That pulls me out I, mm-hmm. when they start, you know, uh, it's almost like they were citing lines or, you know, they're not acting natural that pulls me out. So I think this is similar in that it pulls you out. But I, but to Laura's point, that's exactly the point of this movie. Yeah. What should be the difference, whether or not it pulls you out or not? The violence is the same. Mm-hmm. Why should we be any more or less shocked, you know, at, at what's happening? And again, this is something that 
I really want to get into more because in our first episode, we were talking about, well, why is it that when we watch a horror, when we watch a movie that's based on real life events, you know, um, so this, I think this goes back to the point of the movies, like, you know, why does it depend on how we set up the horrifying events that we're showing you to where you feel differently? You should feel just as shocked and just as sad and just as upset no matter what's happening. So I don't know. Yeah. I thought it was, it, it was certainly a unique movie. And I love that you chose this first because it actually kind of speaks to what we're even doing, like watching yeah. more movies and why we like yeah. it and the interest that we find mm-hmm. in it. Well, and something that you said that's really interesting, why, if they're going to break that fourth wall and do something different, why would they do it from the beginning of the movie? It makes sense to have you get comfortable for 20 minutes just to all of a sudden be uncomfortable because the whole rest of the movie is going to make you so uncomfortable. So, I mean, by saying like, oh, well, that pulled me away. Well, of course, like Mm -hmm. you, they wanted you to sit down and be like, this is just going to be like any other horror movie I've seen. And I'm sure it's going to be terrible. But don't worry, at least one or two of them will live and it'll work out. Yeah. But then it's like, oh, shit, this is not what I was expecting. And then for the rest of the movie, you just have to get ready for it to be shocking and different. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah, I have a couple of reviews here now. Um, Some critic (laughs) reviews. I have a couple of critic reviews I want to read now that we can kind of get into kind of what they talk about. Um, So one review is from Kevin Carr from 7M Pictures. Uh, this was uh, 2008. They quoted uh, calling this movie torture porn for the art house crowd. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Laura agrees with that. Um, I call it porn. Torture porn. Well, and it's funny you because mean, if, you like to- if, if you told me torture porn, I would not think of this. I would think of more like the Saw movies. That to me mm-hmm. is torture porn. So mm-hmm. okay. I just think, you know what? And I am, I'm a hypocrite because there are certain things that make me upset and I will stick to my guns no matter what, but I just think it upset people and they're going to stick to mm-hmm. their initial feeling of feeling upset about it and just hate on the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. But I'm just saying, try to look past that. That's the most upsetting thing to myself is I should like this. I should really like it. It has so many things that I find really interesting and something to be honest, I would probably write because I would, I like writing things that have a twist or a different or have what this thing is talking about of being like, I'm not going to give you what you want. Fuck mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. You know? So I should like it, but I fucking can't. It's so weird. Maybe that's why I'm so angry about it because like, I know deep down you should like this. There's so many reasons you should like it for what it did, for what it's stating, how it did it. But yeah, just, as watching it you know even like i kind of knew ahead of time what was going to happen uh, at the end i was just like fuck this so weird what if you, you know? never talked to the camera what if you never even what if it was the events played out mm-hmm. as they did without them addressing the audience would you feel differently about that and you take out the whole like rewind scene yeah or maybe just say none of that happens none so of she that didn't, happens. She didn't even say shoot the guy shoot him. like mm-hmm. he ends up shooting the husband I probably wouldn't be as angry. Like I said, that that scene really was the point where I was just like, oh, fuck this shit. And see, mm-hmm. I'm the opposite. If I watched this whole movie and they didn't mm-hmm. break that fourth wall, and I was like, why would you just make me watch this awful movie? That would just be straight torture. Then. Yeah, it's just like, mm-hmm. I, I think I would have removed myself and been like, this is just fucking ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Whereas watching it this way, having someone speak to me and be like, look at I'm going to fucking torture these people. I was just like, oh God, I'm there and I'm in it. And I'm... I don't think we deserve the torture. Like, why are we watching the movie? Because 
Why do we watch all movies? We First of all, we want to be entertained, right? And that doesn't just come from watching people get killed. We like to, we like to be engaged in a good storyline, which challenges our mind, which challenges how we think about things. So I, I feel like as a viewer, we didn't deserve... That's what the trolling comes from. I was like, why are you doing... It seemed, it seemed like he was talking to somebody else. I didn't feel like it was like a justified torture. I I don't think it. we deserved torture. I just think it's bringing out how uncomfortable we are. And that's what I'm trying to say is you, like we need to see how uncomfortable we feel from this movie and embrace it and be like, a movie made me feel this way. Yeah. Whether that's anger or disgust, like we've said, and just uncomfortable. And like for me, you know, my husband and I trying to watch it and being like, I need to turn this off because it hits too close to home. Yeah. I mean, it's just a lot of horror movies can't achieve that. That's that's certainly we can true. still like it. It could still be entertaining. We can still have other reasons where we're like, this is a great movie. Mm-hmm. But the ones that make us feel that kind of uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's the fact that they brought me in and made me a personal part of the story. We're just like, wow, fuck. Okay. Yeah. I mean, another uh, quote here. <laughs> I feel like I'm blowing Greg's mind blowing right now. I wish, I wish people could see his face. <laughs> no, uh, like I thought, so one thing that we haven't really talked about in terms of uncomfortability, I thought the one thing that they did the best in the movie mm-hmm was to make you feel uncomfortable and not for any of the reasons that we've already talked about. I thought always well, the one thing that was so comfortable and that kind of scrambled my brain was from the beginning to the end, you have these two kind of upscale, Caucasian, well-dressed, upper-class teenagers. Mm-hmm. They wear these white gloves. They wear, like you mentioned, their best golfing outfits. They mm-hmm. kind of have white pants, white shoes. They look very clean. They're well-groomed. From the beginning to the end, they're doing these horrendous things to this this family and um you can tell that their intentions are psychopathic but they have a very well-mannered softly spoken way about uh, of going about it which i don't know i i think especially in today's age where we what you know a lot of the stuff that we see in the media has to do with that where we're getting mixed messages mm-hmm. and we don't know what to do with it and i felt very uncomfortable but i thought that was a brilliant way of doing it very uncomfortable throughout the movie whenever they were talking about you know they had just broken his kneecap with like a golf club and then they were upset that he was being rude to them yes they were like well we wouldn't have done that if you would have just you know showed us more courteousness mm-hmm. you, you know throughout the movie there was this like mismatch of this um very kind and gentle like facade but then this incredibly evil intent behind it and that made me the most uncomfortable throughout the entire movie and i thought the the main actor the older the elder teenager the Mm -hmm. paul whatever did a really good job of that and i thought that was the best part and i still like that kind of makes me very uncomfortable to think about that because i don't know how to process that yeah you have you're being presented with two very uh different messages at at once sort of like an evil intent and a kind and gentle and polite and, and and polite like facade that's wrapping that up yeah what about how they started to touch upon like their backstories but then they just kept telling you know fictitious stories and saying but that's actually not true or what about this story and it made me it made me think back on a lot of horror movies when you do get some you know small portion of a story of how someone evil became evil yeah think about it like whether they're a person and they had some kind of trauma 
Or even like, think about Nightmare on Elm Street, okay? Like you understand after watching those films why he's doing it. You know, he he had this, like he, he worked at the school with the young kids and did something there and then it got burned down and now he's after all the kids and he's got the burns. You know, there's always like a backstory yeah. and I love how they kind of mess with that. They do. They took the more vulnerable one and they're like, well, you know, his his parents did this and that, and this is kind of the backstory. And then they're like, but that's not true. It just adds to it. They're just messing with brain. you and they're not going to give you anything. Yeah. And yeah, it's just so different from what you normally see. Yeah. I thought uh, there was one interesting quote that uh, the Paul kid said when he was talking about the different back, the different backstories. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I thought this, I, don't, I mean, this was probably written in 1997 you know, because that's when the, right. the original yes. movie. So, so maybe the context there is a little bit different. But I thought it was the uh, when he says when he's talking about that he's a criminal. Mm-hmm. He's talking about the other kid that he's a criminal. But then you also put in the same sentence frame. Oh, he's gay. He's gay and a criminal. Yeah. And I thought that was weird. I mean, I know it's 1997. You know, and now well, it's and it wasn't originally in English. So I mean, yeah, it was. Uh, I just thought it was weird to be associating like. Those are two negative things to be like, sure. he's yeah, a criminal. That's terrible. And, you know what I mean? Right. It was just something that stood out of being like, whoa, like, I mean, definitely, you know, you wouldn't probably wouldn't be able to say that nowadays, exactly. but it was just like, holy shit. Like, okay, that was interesting, you know? And then uh, when he talks about what he said, he's a redneck, yeah. you know, he's a redneck, which I thought was interesting when they ended up turning on NASCAR and like they was watching NASCAR. Oh, oh, oh right, I didn't huh? even think about that. You know? Yeah. Cause then I would maybe think like, oh, maybe he is. Maybe oh, he, no. He's like, you know, I think he called him white, white trash or whatever, yeah. you know, not that I'm saying that, you know, everybody watches NASCAR is white trash. You know, my dad loves NASCAR. Uh, but I just thought it was interesting, you know, association they put there with it. Yeah. 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 Is there anything else you guys want to talk about as far as the movie goes? I mean, I definitely said my favorite moment and my hated moment. Um, there wasn't a lot of jump scares in this. No, no. The, the one scene, sorry, the one scene I thought was really jump scary-ish was when the two kids finally do come back and you see the golf ball roll in. Mm-hmm. I thought that was a really cool, like, it wasn't like a jump scare, yeah. but it was like, oh, shit, you oh, know? Man. I thought yeah. that was a cool shot. Yeah, a, lot of, yeah. a lot was assumed in this film. Like, you don't even see a lot of the recaptures. You don't even really see. Like, when Naomi Watts, you think she might be getting away, and then she gets recaptured. They just mm-hmm. bring her back. It's like, mm-hmm. oh, mm-hmm. shit. Um, no, the only other thing that I really want to talk about is um, – I felt like Tim Roth's acting was incredible. I wrote that down a couple times in my notes. I mean, his portrayal of what his grief looked like after witnessing his son be brutally shot and murdered. It's like, and I I don't want to be like a judgy mom because obviously like I don't know what I would do in that situation. I I refuse to even think about it. Mm -hmm. But, you know, Naomi Watts was just like, let's just survive let's figure this out and like he just would sit there and make these noises and that's what got me was like the the noises that came out of him just screamed grief and i i just kept writing down like this is an incredible performance by tim roth and and naomi watts is like the more well-known actress in this and she's kind of the a actor but i think he just did such a good job with that Mm-hmm. oh I, I don't know i i'm wow i was blown away by that because it just felt so real and it made me so much more uncomfortable and more sad than i already was and i just thought that was worth talking about 
It's really good. What about you, Greg? Do you have any other last points to talk about? No, I, the only point that I would make is that we're going to be thinking about this movie for a while, right? Yeah, I mean, I do have one more quote that is right there. This is a quote uh, from a critic, uh, Renee Rodriguez from the Miami Herald, 2008. Uh, she said, the experience of watching funny games, be it the original or this version, is never forgotten, whatever your ultimate impression of the film. Yeah, so I definitely agree with that, you know. Um, like I said, I, I don't think I'll ever change liking the film, you know, but I'm not going to forget it. So it definitely made yeah. me feel something. Yeah. yeah. Well, and like they yeah. say, like, right, even if it's bad press, that's still good. Like you're still mm -hmm. talking about it kind of thing. So even if a movie is you feel that terrible, mm -hmm. but yet you're still thinking about it, then it's a win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I did want to ask Laura, because you were the only one that previously saw this movie. Now that we're at kind of like we're going to give like a rating. Mm. what would your let's just do let's do um how many eggs would you give this movie one to five okay. one to five eggs but, so original viewing how, oh what original you, viewing what would you rate original it? Viewing, one to five eggs. i gave this a four four original viewing four out of five eggs yes four out of five eggs okay original viewing and yeah. what's your review what's your rating now rewatch i think that i initially would have tried to give it less because i'm like this makes me so uncomfortable but then being brave enough to sit through it and understand the feelings and understand what was happening. Even though I have so many more feelings towards this movie, I'm going to stick with my four, four out of five eggs. Okay. Four yeah. out of five eggs. Four yeah. out of five. Okay. Um, what about you, Greg? You didn't have, we didn't have original viewing. So we just had this. Uh, so what about you? How many eggs did you give this movie? Three and a half. Three eggs. A half an egg? A half an egg. A half an egg. So you hard boiled your egg and then you cut it in half. I chopped it in half. Or is it just it. the yolk? Or is it just the, it's just white. the white? We're not worried about spoiling eggs white. because apparently these kids just drop all the fucking yeah. eggs. Yeah. And like, there's just like a whole carton of 12 eggs just dropped all over. I mean, you can't blame her for being mad. Like, the kid keeps dropping the fucking eggs. Yeah. Oh, okay. <laughs> at, anyway. At, uh, at one point in the dropping egg scene, uh, the beginning when they're in the kitchen, I wrote egg scene porno. There's what? The, she drops the eggs and then she looks at the kid and she's like, "What should we do now?" That was, was weird. That it was, was weird, right? I thought like, "Where's the movie going?" What should we do now? It was that, very like was, the way she said it. Yeah. Can we all agree that was the best scene because it was the most uncomfortable? <laughs> it was very uncomfortable. I was well, like, like, how many I, times I kept I, it kept It felt so weird to me yeah. the whole scene. And I encourage anybody who hasn't seen this movie to watch it and just try to sit through that ten minutes of, uh, you know, whatever. Mm -hmm. and not feel uncomfortable yeah mm -hmm. that was great all right rob yeah. so now it's uh my turn to reveal my rating um yeah i can't change my rating i i'm not gonna change it you know it is what it is i gave it two i gave it two out of five eggs you know not the worst there was things in this i did like but yeah overall i just i can't get past my overall end feeling of this movie i guess sadly of not getting what i wanted you know so maybe that's that's maybe I wanted too much or I wanted too little. I have no idea. But see, uh, and that's my point. I just wish people that gave it a bad rating say that. Mm -hmm. Don't try to be like, oh, they're just trying to make me feel bad. Yeah, just put, hey, I didn't like it because it made me feel really uncomfortable. But that might be worth watching for somebody else. Mm -hmm. I just I'm can't wait to see what the rating is on what we talk about next because if it's higher than this, I am literally mm -hmm. gonna flip a table. Gonna I'm gonna flip a table. If you have a higher rating for the next movie we talk about over this, 
I'm going to flip out on you. Like, mm -hmm. I'm literally going to go crazy. So, uh, so <laughs> I'm scared. <laughs> I'm scared. Um, Truly. He like, can you agree if he likes the next one yeah. better? So, uh, so that's it for the show uh, this week. You know, let us know what other movies or topics you want conjectured. You can contact us at uh, email conjecturingpod at gmail or you can hit us up on twitter instagram at conjecturingpod you know uh so this has been the conjecturing until next time remember horror is subjective so conjecture away peace bye Eggs. <laughs> the fucking eggs. Jesus Christ.